All right, from one smallmouth slayer to another. Dun, dun, dun. Bam, Jordan Westerman. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, we're a little behind there, but appreciate oh, no you hanging in there listening. Uh, yeah, so we talked about skinny uh, Douglas Lake smallmouth. You did not have that problem. You were up on the land of the Giants on St. Clair. Boy. I, I had some skinny ones, though. Did you? Most of mine were like, they probably moved off the bed today. Like really? They were they were right at the tail end of the spawn. Look at this man. You talking about skinny ones? Look at this. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> no man, t- t- tell us about uh, how it went down for you on St. Clair. That was that was exciting to see. Uh, nearly two hundred inches of smallies go up. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I've been out there a couple times before. Um, we were out there a year ago, um, the exact same time. So. I had found some fish last year, just had trouble getting them to the boat, you know, kind of typical smallmouth on bed stuff. Like, you know, you can find them, you can hook them, but they don't always get to the boat the way you want them to. Um, so I kind of spent a good amount of time over the season learning how to bed fish for smallies a little better. Um, so went back to the same area this time, first day of practice, like first two waypoints I had had fish on them. And so I didn't really, I just kind of would check one bed per area I was at and they all had fish. So, um, had that and then went and kind of checked a bunch of the main lake stuff. Um, found a bunch of really good grass bites. Uh, that bite right now up there is, it's ridiculous. You can go have, you know, 40, 50 fish days, um, no problem. And you're catching on average, like 16 to 18 inch fish, like, and you know it's those fish fight like no other smallmouth I've ever hooked into, um, and I've I've caught a good amount of smallmouth, and they're just they're mean up there, and they don't they definitely don't give up. Uh, That's the uh, nationwide argument, Jordan, is the Tusky smallmouth to the to the Great Lakes and Saint Clair smallmouth to the Tennessee River. Which ones are the fi- hardest fighters? And you've probably caught them all, haven't you? You've been all over the country. I haven't been up to the Susky. Okay. That, that's, uh, that I haven't. I spent a lot of time in like South Dakota, Northern Minnesota. Um, I pretty much live in Northern Wisconsin right now. Um, you know, so I've, I've spent a lot of time with some brown fish hooked up and the Northern Wisconsin are probably the freakish, most freak fish I've ever seen. Like they're, they're footballs. They, you know, you'll get a 20 inch fish that's six pounds. That's just big and fat. Um, but yeah, I need to get up to the Susky and test those ones out. I've heard, heard really good. They're fun. They're fun. I mean, you just don't, you don't see as many giant, you know, weight wise on the Susky. Yeah. There's a ton, a ton of that 18 to 20 inch fish range though. I mean, a ton of them super aggressive. I like that fishery. I haven't fished St. Clair. I want to fish St. Clair. Uh, Jay Wallen, I guess his dad was up there last week, right? Yep. Was that it, yep. Jeff? Yeah, he yep. was sending us pictures in the group chat of his dad just smashing them. Yeah, his uh, one of my buddies ran into him when they're out there. Yeah, he he was just crushing them. <laughs> and um, it's it's a, just such a cool fishery as far as like you literally can just find if you. I always tell people if you find water on St. Clair, you're probably going to find fish. Like those fish may be rock bass. They may be 12 inch smallmouth, but like you're going to find fish. It's now finding where the bigger fish are and, you know, what they're relating to. And that's a little more depth oriented. It's, 
it's just cool the you know across our group of guys that i stayed with we were all on similar patterns but different depths and like little different areas and then uh, you know everybody caught fish i think in the six in my house like three out of the six caught their pbs and it was just it's a fun trip like i i really wish we'd have more you know a bigger circuit hit that again like when hobie hit it in the past but um it's also Buddy, really tough. I, I promise I begged and pleaded uh, for Bass to go there <laughs> this year, but It'll finding happen. I think finding a host finding a host city was the issue up there. That seemed yeah. to be the the limiting factor. And you know, I mean, I get it. That's a business. You know, these guys running these tournaments. It's not just about when you're having a tournament. There's you know ten other pieces that have to line up too. But yeah. I'm hoping you know we sharpen our pencils a little bit be able to get up there because i want to have an excuse to go up and, and fish a big one up there yeah it's it's worth the trip every time i've been there well take us take us through your day one uh you had 99 and a half on day one looks like you called a good amount of times take us through how, how your day started and, and how it progressed was it was it a fast start uh yeah fairly fast start you know i had like i said i i had found some fish on beds i never really like looked at I knew the areas had waypoints from last year. So I never really looked at the size of the fish. I caught an 18 and a 19 in one area and then like a couple more 18. So I, I knew I had a decent check. If I, if I hooked up on those, I didn't know the quality that was in there. Um, I had saw one bigger fish that was on a bed that I caught a big one on last Ooh, year, man. Um, you know, so it was like, I, I, I spent most of my morning day one, I was throwing blades and spooks. Um, and then I ended up just kind of sitting on beds. I caught that 20 and a quarter, um, first thing, and then just kind of picked off a bunch of big fish. And then, uh, yeah, I actually was, I think I got off the water at like 1030. I had a, a pretty good drive between spots. So I got off the water. I think I had 98 and a half. I went to Waffle House. Was I that your next Pop spot? I went to Popeye's and got lunch. <laughs> yeah. Out you, for, you know, and then worked my way to my next spot. And then I rolled out. And I think I caught 120. And I probably caught like 20 to 30 fish in two hours out on that second spot. It was Man. just, it was stupid. So um, what'd, you, what'd you order at Popeye's? Because I think that's probably part of the formula. <laughs> uh, I got the, uh, that spicy chicken sandwich. Okay. So there you go, people. There you go. Do you prefer it over Chick-fil-A? Uh, I don't get too many areas that have a Chick-fil-A. Oh, okay. So okay. I'll yeah. have to try that a little bit. So you fish in the hood quite a bit. All right. <laughs> Pretty got much, it. Yeah. <laughs> the northern hood. Got it. That's fine. Oh. Uh, so you, you said you said you were primarily, did, did you, I mean, did you have to finesse any of these fish? Like I know like bed fish and smallmouth in this neck of the woods, you got to get pretty pretty slow and pretty finessey to get those fish pissed off enough to, to take a swipe at it. Yeah. The, these fish were, they definitely were like tail end had been beat up. Like they've been caught multiple times. Yeah. Um, so I did have to kind of, you know, circle through baits on day one. Um, I think, and probably four of the five or three of the four that I caught off beds, I lost more than one time. Like, you know, when they're, when, when they get towards the tail end of the spawn, their mouths are so messed up that getting a good hook in them is really hard, you yeah. know? And it's like, you hate to beat up on fish like that, but at the same time, I, you know, we travel the tournaments, you got to do something that is going to put fish in your boat and is going to put quality fish in your boat. And 
in a tournament where they're on beds, you can't really, you know, avoid the big ones on beds. Yeah. Uh, Do you have them where they'll clamp down? This is what I've noticed, especially toward the end of the spawn. They'll clamp down on the hook so hard. I mean, literally bite it so hard that you, I mean, they'll fight all the way to the boat and then they like open their mouth like, all right, I'm done. I'm done fighting now. Like you never even had a hook in them the whole time, which blows my mind about fish that big that will, I mean, they'll be pulling drag, get all the way to the boat and like, ah, all right, here's your, here's your lure back. Yeah. Yeah. I ran into that. And that's where like, I've spent so much time over the past year bed fishing because a lot of the lakes up north, like I caught fish on beds June, July, August, September. I September was the last month I caught fish on beds last year. So like I caught a lot of fish off beds just trying different hooks, different weights, different, you know, it's like drop shot stuff. You gotta use the smallest hook that you can so that it the second they touch it, you hit them. Um, I use a little that EWG Ned because it's got a really small hook, but it's strong and you can really like you can lean into them. Yeah. Um, you know, and I use a lot of baitcaster stuff for them too. I didn't catch any on a baitcaster this time, but like I'll flip like a, you know, a dark sleeper and it all depends on the mood of the fish. You know, just like a large mouse, sometimes they're in that negative mood and they just don't want anything to do with it. And so you got to hit, you know, you got to tap them in the tail and get them spinning and get them spinning and get them spinning. And the more, the more times that you can spin them, the more that they're going to mad, they're going to get. And then it's just that one time that you can put that bait right in front of their nose and they'll eat it. And, you know, it's, those are also the times where they're sometimes don't get the best hookup, but it's like some of the times that's the only way you're going to get that fish to go. Um, And that's the way, that's the way on day two, it took a, you know, that I had to leave my bed fish because they weren't, they were super negative. And it's like, you know, you really have to work these fish. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing that I've learned over time is how to read a fish, you know, are they going to eat? Are they not going to eat? And, you know, am I wasting my time or not? Um, But you got them identifiers down, don't you? (laughs) My man, you gotta write them down. He's he's got off cell block D. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty Mike over there. I reckon prison Mike. Yeah. Yeah, man, those fish. You said it, Jordan, as we were, we were introing the show there, but or introing you coming on. These fish look mean. Every single one, of them, every single one looked mean. That one had those dark. Those where was that one? At? Look at he's t- he's tattered up. He's yeah. been through it, but he's and, uh, and thick and strong. I was catching them there in reeds too, so it was like you had to get them out of that stuff, and they sometimes they get triple you know they're getting wrapped up and you just having to work them out that's what i was gonna ask were you sight were you sight fishing you know like standing up flipping to shallow beds or were these like eight 12 foot beds you're watching on live scope no these were like five foot beds i could see everything um they're they were very very hard to see the actual fish on it most of the time i'd have to flip like flip a bait in this has a very slow presentation to see if they flash or move to see if they are on the beds. Um, a lot of the times I'm just, you know, looking for tails, just barely moving. Um, the other thing when they're getting that post spawn, they get very thin. Um, and up there, they're very like the very light fish are on light beds. The dark fish are on dark beds and like mm. you can barely see them. So when they get skinny, that makes them blend in even more. And 
you know, you're really having to pay attention to tails. And that's why I kind of chose the area I was at because it was a little shallower um, and I could visually see them a little bit better. Um, now, the last um, All-American when we were up on Okaboji, I did a little more having the live scope for fish on beds on that one. What, how does Okaboji compare to St. Clair? Because we hear a lot of talk about Okaboji, so I want to know have, where that ranks. That, that was a question, Ryan. Bob was it? it? Okay. Yeah, well, look, look at me. I'm I'm just channeling my inner Bob. Yeah. So Okaboji and like Spirit, like the Iowa Great Lakes, has more a better largemouth population, like a big largemouth population. Like you can go. It takes twenty-five to twenty-eight pounds um, pretty much every week until about right now. Um, you know, for derbies Friday or Saturday and Sunday, two days a week, it'll take over 25 pounds a week of largemouth. Um, spirit it takes, that's a little more smallmouth oriented. It takes like 22 to 24 pounds a week to win up there. Um, they're phenomenal fisheries. Like I, the amount of fish in them is just, is, is insane. I would say, the same, if not more than what you have at, at St. Clair, um, the quality of fish because of the gobies is a little better up at St. Clair. You know, we, we don't, we have zebra mussels. We don't have the goby deal. So the go, we don't have like the, you're not catching six and seven pound smallmouth. You're catching five, five and a half. Um, you know, my limit up there was all 19 inch smallmouth. So it's like, you're, they're all good fish, but they're not like, you know, they're not freaks. Um, yeah. They're, can, they're they're both can, phenomenal lakes. Can can those could those lakes or the the combination of those lakes? I'm not familiar with them. Host a a bass or a Hobie sized event. It would be they could, but the problem you run into is we would have you would have to do it in the spring or the fall, and they're so loaded with boat derbs that like you're gonna have 150 boats all every weekend um and then they're let's see it's like twelve thousand acres so it's not like they're huge like there's there's enough if we had it all to ourselves on like a spring or a fall it'd be no problem there's enough fish there there's enough everything but if you add in the boat boat traffic in the cool. summer just with the pleasure craft like we can't get out there um and then in the spring and fall, there's so many bow derbs that it's just the amount of people gets a little out of control. Yeah. Be a little tight, I guess. Yeah, I think we had, yeah, there was five or six this year. And last year, I think there was six and it was like close to 300 boats. But it didn't fish that bad, you know. Everybody caught fish. Yeah. But even on St. Clair, though, that's uh, as it gets later on warmer, I guess. I've heard a lot of kind of, I don't want to say horror stories, but <laughs> detractor stories of all the uh, the pleasure boats just running around all day long, big yachts, cabin cruisers and stuff all the time. Yep, yep, yeah. We When we were up there for the Hobie in late June, it, you know, it gets to be, if you're outside of one of the little canal entrances, like it's a constant traffic of yachts and speedboats <laughs> and jet skis. And, you know, if you're back in the, on the north end and some of the canal areas, it's just jet ski after jet ski after, you know, and then you add in the bass boat traffic and it, there's a lot of people up there. And same thing with Okaboji. Like you get in the summer, like we can't have an event up there. There's too many people. I know, I think at one point AJ tried to do it and 
the chamber was like, yeah, we don't need a hundred and kayaks here in the summer. Like our hotels are booked. Sorry. You know, it's like, it's too bad, but they're, they're a tourist town that has too many tourists as it is, you know? Yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe in the spring, maybe someday we'll see. Um, I, I would love it though. Like I said, the, the fishing's amazing. I, I know we had, we had some good, you know, good numbers as far as I think I'd had 97, 93 for that tournament. And, you know, my whole day one was small mouth and it was a mixed bag on day two, or I mean, the other way around day one was all art or was a mixed bag. Day two was all small mouth. Yeah. Uh, fish on YouTube says cobalts on Boji will dump a guy in a second. Mm-hmm. They have no regard. Yeah. They don't care. No up there. It's like many, many like of those arcs. Is that, is that what's going on over there? Uh, yeah. kind of not as, uh, similar. I mean, it's like a lot of docks, clear water, really clear water. You know, it's West lakes, 15 to 20 foot of visibility. And you'll see thousands and thousands of bluegills everywhere around every dock. It's like, it's bluegills as far as the eye can see. And yeah, it's, it's really cool. Sounds That's delicious. Cool. That's where, uh, and then Berkeley's like right out of there. So they got a Berkeley where or a Berkeley little sh- shop there. So you can go get crazy deals on all their max scent stuff. Really? A little outlet center. That's cool. It's worth, it's worth the trip just for that. Uh, we've got a question on YouTube, but Tim Sear, this is back to your St. Clair event. Uh, were you fishing or are you fishing light line to catch those fish? You said you were throwing some baitcaster stuff, but you caught most of them on, on spinning setups. Yeah. Most of it was, uh, 10 pound to anything on the bed. I was fishing 10 pound. Um, just I, when the fish are super fired up in that shallow water, if you're not quick enough to, you know, you got to hit them with your drag fairly locked and then you got to be really quick to loosen it. And if you're not quick enough with eight pound, they'll pop that every time. Um, and I've ran into that a lot where it's like, you you have to get that really good hook penetration and then you have to back your drag off right away. And if you're not fast with that, they'll, they'll break that line so fast. So I, I try to do the bed stuff with eight. And then when I was fishing open water, we were fishing, like I was fishing a Senko over grass mat or over grass. Um, and I would go down to eight with that. Cause I feel like it just, I was getting more bites with eight. I don't know if it would get it down a little more, um, give it a little more action or what it was, but, um, there that's where I, the only time i was doing eight um i will flip like 12 and 17 pound on on the beds if they're in a little thicker stuff or if they're in a you know a really positive mood it's really fun to to crack them and get them to the boat without you know you can get them to the boat now um, and that's where i'll use like a dark sleeper or I think gambler gambler makes up like a little Ned hook that you can put a Ned Ned bait on and you can flip it on heavier weight and like you can craft them with it and it doesn't bend. I've never bent one out. So. Very cool. For those not familiar with Jordan, he's one of the most technically sound anglers, one of the best anglers in the country. I know you, I've, I've known you since the days of the, the, the Midwest kayak series, Jordan. Yep. Right? The good old yeah. days. That was when the, was good, the good old days. Yeah. So I, I know you've been doing this and, and been around and, and fished all the different series and, and qualified for all the different championships. So, no surprise that you're having success on the all American series, but I've been a little bit surprised that the all American series, cause the, the, the classic has been gigantic, mm-hmm. but the series hasn't quite, quite caught the same momentum. 
what do you think's holding them back from from really blowing up like the, the actual classic is? I that I don't know. We you know we talk about that every time. It's like this tournament. They said it was the pre-fishing. You know, all the locals wanted to be on the water during the best time. Well, you know, I I don't know if that was true. They had a derby last weekend, so that wouldn't have been last weekend. You know, it's like I think what we're running into now across everywhere is we have so many options. You know, it's like you know, when the MKFS was around, Jeff, we had maybe one mm -hmm. local club per, per state. Now every state has three local clubs. We have Hobie, we've got Bass, we've got, um, what's the, there's a native one there. You know, we've got, we're, I don't want to say we're watering it down, but we've got so much of the same stuff. You know, it's like, I like the All-American because they're trying some different stuff, you know, going to Friday, Saturday. I think that's a really good call. I think that's hurting some of the numbers. Um, the payouts are, are crazy, are good. You know, they're better than anybody else. If we can get the numbers up, you know, they pay the next day. It's like, that's something in, in kayak fishing that doesn't happen. You don't get paid the next day. You know, I have that money's in my account already. It's like, it's Monday. It's now they paid me yesterday. That's um, crazy, isn't it? Almost yeah. like they took that in on entry fees or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the way that Josh does. He's like, this isn't my money. I'm not like, right. So I don't know why they don't, you know, I look at their schedule. It's like every lake on their schedule this year was somewhere that is maybe not a bucket list, but it's like right up there with it. You know, like Lake of the Pines isn't somewhere that I would have went to, but this year going there, like we cracked some big fish out of there. You know, Tyler caught 104 inches. Like everybody caught one over 20. Like uh, Jeremy Brandes caught one almost 24. It's like there was big fish caught, but you know, the numbers are down and it's, you know, I, I get people travel to the other ones. Um, you know, I, I, I do too. I just, the all American schedule looks way better to me as far as like where the events are, you know, then the next event they have up in Manaqua, that's, that's going to be the most fun derb in the country this year. Like if you don't have it on your schedule, like go there, like, there will be, it will take over 200 inches of smallmouth. I have no questions. Like if I don't do it, somebody's going to do it. Do you and think that have... some of that is just name recognition from folks? Like I've never heard of Manapua. As mm -hmm. a, you know what I mean? You don't, you hear, because we're kind of used to the same names coming up, you know, every year we hear chicken. Is that the capital of Nicar Nicaragua? <laughs> <laughs> but, but we have, you know, but we have St. Clair on there. And I got yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, true. It's like we had, that's uh, true. We had uh, Palestine last year. You know, it's like decent numbers. We had uh, Conway. You know, like that's a, like very low numbers there. Uh, the Truman event, like during the classic, didn't get good numbers. So I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't. I, want, I wondered if because you can go to the classic just from your local club, if that. People are like, well, I don't have to go to the series. I can just go. Yeah. I think that's what pumps those classic numbers up too, right? So I think that's why you might be getting kind of a skewed, you know, viewpoint. Like, well, why don't we have these numbers? Well, because those guys are just fishing their local club to get there, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that might be a big part of it. I know Ryan and I had hoped for big things. We had Josh on preseason talking about the series. And, and you know, still may happen in the, in the coming years. I don't know. But uh, it's been an interesting deal to watch. Yeah. yeah you know it's like it's getting to the is it worth is it worth josh's time you know because his time's worth something is it worth the angler's time you know it's like 
obviously this tournament was worth my time, but you know, Tyler might've made it. I don't think he made his money back at second place. So it's like, you know, that's not worth, worth it for a lot of the anglers to go to. Sure. Like a trip to St. Clair is a good excuse for a lot of people. Um, you know, same thing with the Monaco one. If we can get people up there, like those lakes up there are some of the best in the world. You know, I, like I said, it's going to take some big numbers. Um, there are world-class fish. People have a chance at a fish over eight pounds, you know, brown fish over eight pounds. So, um, Hey, one I was kind of hoping to maybe fish was the uh, mine lands one at the end of the year there. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty, yeah. that'll be, that, that won't be a giant fest. It's a lot of small fish, but, but it's a really, really cool place. Really cool place. That one, they got, they have one on uh 13 and 14, uh, pools 13, and 14 on Mississippi. They're, they're, they're crazy fun to fish. Like there's it, it's like the upper pools, but with actually has adult fish sizes in it. Like you can go catch <laughs> fish over 20 inches. You can catch oh, 20 inches palm out. What? Big fish. Like, they had that in the cross. Ryan had already been there. I know. Right. Goodness. I, I love lacrosse. I just, it's a tough place to fish a derby at. I know. I just look at those, the numbers and it's like, everybody's got 84 inches. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. it's a long we'll way from home. We'll save the gas on that one, baby. It's, but like, I always put it like last year I was up there and I was up there for a week before the tournament and like midway through the week, I was looking for places to live there. I'm like, this is the really? greatest place to fish ever. But then on Derby day, it's like, I hate catching 17 inch fish in the first place. Like the only good thing about there is that you're catching a lot of them. But now on Derby day, it's like, I, this is not fun. Then you throw in the pike and the bowfin and the like, yeah, I now Jeremiah is, you know, he's one of the best things that we have in kayak fishing. So I love him for all that he does for us. So we'll continue to have great events up there. Thanks to him. But Hey, and I, I'm like you, Jordan. I like the area. I think it's cool. I think it's a cool place to, to be and hang out and, and have events. Just to, the fishing can be a little bit. Yeah, it's, a little bit, a little bit but, but when the fishing's on, like you can go out there and have big days. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, I've gone out there and caught 90 inches pre-fishing on smallmouth, flipping a jig, like in heavy current, like doing the stuff that you want to do, almost punching mats for smallmouth. But you know, it's like, it's needle and haystack stuff. So on tournament day, if you're not running the right stuff, like you're just like, you got to come across those numbers and you're not going to can do that day after day after day up there. <laughs> those but 90 it, inch small mouth limits that have, that has burned our uh, mutual friend, Christine Fisher, every time we've gone to <laughs> Yeah. Me and, me and her have so many talks about that, about like, you know, it, it's like, do not do it, do not do it. And every time it's like you go up there and pre-fish and they're just crushing everything. You know, it's like, you can go get on a walking bait bite. Like I said, that really heavy jig bite is like the coolest thing ever, but it's never panned out for me in a, in a tournament. It's burned me every time, every single time up there, but it's always and fun. You can't help it. You can't help but try it though. Yeah. yeah. Cause they're there <laughs> and, and there's big numbers of them, but you know, I've been in areas watching them chase, uh, schools of shad and you can watch them blow up and if they're in the current doing that by the time you cast at them and hook one the next time you can get to them they're a quarter mile down the walk down the ways and you're running after them and they're just following that current pushing and they're they're gone they move so fast and so much it's like you know i don't chasing. know if it's like the tba they can set up on stuff the mississippi they just set up and go and go and go and go and they never stay anywhere it's like chasing uh, kingfish in the ocean. Yeah. 
Uh, we had always a gonna, always going to break your heart. Had a question from YouTube Faith First Fishing on YouTube said, "Do you have any tips, Jordan, on how to fix the bad hookup ratio with dark sleepers? You mentioned dark sleepers a couple times. Uh, dark sleeper, take that back hook and bend it up just a touch. Like I like to have the uh, that hook just barely pointing out. Um, you'll, you know, you're gonna hook up on stuff a little bit if you're flipping into wood and stuff. You'll hook up a little bit better or a little worse. Um, that or um, I stole a bunch of the uh, sleeper or the Savage Gear gills from Christine. Those work really good too. Okay. Okay. So, have you thrown the sleeper gill any? The sleeper gill? Uh, I have. I've caught some big, uh, some big largemouth on those down in Texas. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a cool little bait. And the uh, they've got that sleeper craw. I've caught a bunch of bunch of big fish on that too. That's a cool, really cool bait. The sleeper. Uh, Tim Gurley says smallmouth take tourney day every time off. Every, every time on the river, they take tourney day off. They try yeah. to never trust, never trust them unless they're Ryan's pet fish. It's a, it's a tough bet. Even those will try to get you, man. <laughs> Got to watch the, those. The thing with smallmouth is you have to make adjustments and you have to know that at some point in your day, if you're not on them, like you can get right now. And so it's like a mental thing. Like if you're going to be on smallmouth, like you got to be able to wait out a bite because it could take six bites to catch a hundred inches real quick. You know, it's like, there are times where you can't get your bait out fast enough to them and you know, they're there, but there are times where it takes the whole day to get to them. You know, you look at a lot of the elite series tournaments and the pro derbs that the guys are winning they're they're not always on them. They're, you know, they're running and looking for them and making moves. And it's all about that decision that you make on the brown fish that is going to, you know, it's similar in, in largemouth, but smallmouth just, you can get so right so quick. Ryan, I feel like you need to have Jordan uh, lined up with the bass you guys to do a smallmouth segment. Yeah, we can do that. Could definitely do Make that, that happen. Well, we'll have to go it. somewhere fun, though, like Managua or wherever. <laughs> Managua. Wherever we're going. Wherever we're going in Central America. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, Jordan's a, a library of knowledge. So I think he'd be great on there. It'd be awesome. Um, any more questions for Jordan before we let him slide out of here? I haven't seen any more NBA Finals updates from Steve Fields. I'm disappointed. I mean, yeah. I got it on over in the next room. I'm going to go watch uh, yeah. the Nugs close it out. He gave me an update at the beginning of the show, and that was it. That's sorry, son of a Thanks, Steve. Uh, Jordan, what's your plans for the rest of the year uh, as far as uh, uh, tournaments? Be, I'll be at the river at Mississippi, um, and then – I'm going to do both the river events, the bass and the Hobie, um, <clears throat> the river event, and then the Monaco event for All-American. And then and I'm not really sure what I'm going to do after that. Kind of um, kind of see where, where everything takes me in the fall. Uh, somebody wants to know your Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, it's uh, WesterDude. Kind of my name instead of man, it's dude. <laughs> any any spaces or, hash or tags, just WesterDude? Nope. Nope. Yep, just WesterDude. Put it in comments for me. Spaces or hashtags or whatever hashtags you can or underlines or whatever. <laughs> None of that cool kids. Pound signs. I call them pound signs, Ryan. That's what I call them. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, hey, we appreciate you taking time to join us tonight. Um, Thanks for having me on. Well done. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you very much. Slide out of here, man. All right. Jordan Westman, everybody. My man can catch him, Ryan. I gotta know some things. He knows some things. He knows some things. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you know, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but I think he'd be a hell of a bash you guy. Well, I have to now. So yeah, thanks, Jeff. You
So that that brings us to the giveaway. Let's do it. All you got to do, as you can imagine, is hashtag Seagard in the comments to win. We right. had a, a healthy audience tonight, and then we need to get Ryan to get his uh, a Chili's medicine and watch the end of the Dude, video. Dude, I'm about to cut this thing off. My leg is on fire right now. I put on one of those compression socks inside this boot, I guess. it There's something ablaze in there. It is, uh, it is not treating me well. No good. You need to Dude, honestly, me. if I could find a doctor that would just go ahead and put this in a bucket, <laughs> I would <laughs> I'd let him in a heartbeat. I do not like it. Get you one of them blades and just walk around one of them. That's what I tell. That's exactly what I told Mackenzie. She's like, dad. And I was like, you get one of them blades. I'd be like Tigger out there hopping around. Boing, boing. I didn't, I didn't ask you how the reaction from the, uh, the moms and daughters, how'd that go down when you, when everything happened? Or did you just uh, play it off? Well, so, well, so, I mean, you know, like I gotta, I gotta <laughs> man up, you know, I, I got up and acted like I, you know, like I'd rolled my ankle. So I walk over to the sidelines on it, like about to fall down like a baby giraffe. And I get over there and I reach down and feel the left side, my left leg, and there's tension on that Achilles. And I feel the right side and there's like a, a defined <laughs> gap. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> okay. At that point, I realized I had uh, I had messed up. But yeah, everybody's like, go to the hospital. But there's not anything they can do, you know, at that point. So no. All over but the crying, you know. It'll heal up. It'll be faster than ever when it I know, up. man. But I want I was gonna go try to get some tarpon with uh with Barton next weekend down in Pensacola. It's uh put a put a damper on my plans. Can he tell you? Just prop that foot up and tell you around. Yeah, dude, I can't I couldn't get to the beach. I'd have to get a golf cart or something to get down there. Like I can't get up and down the hallway. It's it's nuts. Put beach tires on the scooter, I guess, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So sad. <laughs> I ain't seen that before. So. All right, y'all. I'll give you another second or two. Jamie O says praying for a speedy recovery, right? I don't know if there's going to be anything speedy about this one. <laughs> I'm just trying not to hurt it worse. That's my goal every day. There you go. All right, let's hit it. I'm going to do the giveaway as the names take by. We appreciate everybody watching tonight. That was a good show. Lots of info. Lots of yeah, info. In that I one. Dude, I, that throw in a jig with the current, like that's... That was nuts to me. Chris O'Connor. All right. There you go. Getting Ryan's uh, DMs and get you some cigar stuff. Yep. Send me your shipping information and I will shoot it over to Brian at Cigar. Yeah. If you don't have uh, Facebook and you can't do that, just email kayakbassination at gmail.com and, and we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. All right, buddy. There we go, Ryan. Let's Good do show, it. Man. Go watch us some basketballs. All right. Appreciate it, buddy. We'll see you Later. next week.